in this episode. Everyone loves Overwatch. Paulo can barely contain his Game of Thrones hype. Captain America gets a comic book twist. And I interview actress Melanie Scrifano about her role as Winona Earp. All this and more on Geek Generation. Hey everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by Paulo. And I choose all of you. And Anna. Hi. <laughs> all right. That's from Game of Thrones this week. Yeah, it I is. You didn't know that. I'm disappointed. I don't. <laughs> I can't afford HBO. Anna doesn't watch the Throning of Games. I don't. No. A um, few things as we get into this week's episode. First off, an iTunes review. We always appreciate when you guys take the time to go do these. They've been coming in fast and furious lately. Woo! That's for you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you write one review or ten. Reviewing's reviewing. That's right. Uh, C.W. Murphy 9 said on his review, I feel ashamed it took me this long to write this review as I have listened to this podcast for years now. When I see a new episode is out, it's the first thing in my rotation to check out. Freakouts and geekouts still remain my favorite segment. Such a simple but brilliant idea. He Thank called you. my idea brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, and if you guys don't mind doing the same, head on over to iTunes, write us a review. Uh, it's totally free. It takes about two minutes and uh, helps us out a lot. So thank you. Also, something else we did recently. Paul O, Damien, and I sat down recently to record a YouTube video on Japan Funbox. Uh, it was about an hour long video when I finally edited it all down. I think okay. it's like 57 minutes in length. I didn't take out a whole lot. Wow. Yeah. Didn't really. I might do a, uh, like a highlight reel, kind of crop it down to something even more <laughs> bite sizable, but the one minute long Instagram there's a, video. There's yeah, a right? fast forward button. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can jump around. Uh, but if you want to check that out on YouTube, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash YouTube. That'll take you right to our channel, and uh, it is the most recent thing we uploaded, if you're listening to this, like, in the time that it came out. If not, there's probably lots more stuff, <laughs> so uh, watch all the other things, but uh, check that out. That might come out as a podcast eventually, I don't know, but if not, it's probably, it's well worth watching the video for anyway. It's a different experience entirely. Yeah, you get to see what everything looks like, and honestly, like, half the stuff we make visual references to. So yeah, yeah. If you're listening to it and you don't have something to look at, it's kind of weird. A lot will be lost on you otherwise. Yeah. Also, one more thing. So, uh Cards Against Humanity, I talked about the eight sensible gifts thing they did for... The holiday season, it was actually like kind of Hanukkah themed this year. Mm -hmm. As part of the eight sensible gifts, Cards Against Humanity purchased a castle in Ireland for real, <laughs> for real. It's not this yeah. huge thing. It's like a smaller kind of tower. Castle. It's a little it's castle. A little castle. But it's a legit castle in Ireland. They purchased it and all 150,000 people who purchased the pack each get to be the official king of that castle for three minutes nice. over the course of like <laughs> this year. Uh, my reign as King of Sensible Castle was this past weekend Lovely. or last night for people listening to the podcast today. During each minute of my reign, a different royal decree that I wrote was displayed online at whoisthekingrightnow.com. <laughs> it just keeps like a scrolling like CNN ticker at the bottom nice. of everybody's decrees. Uh, lets you know who's up next in the rotation. 
all the while showing what I assume is B-roll footage of the castle itself. So you can see like a drone shot, kind of like look at it. There's a few still shots where you just see leaves kind of blowing around the wind. It's kind of peaceful to watch. But my three royal decrees for people that missed it were these. Onions are hereby banned from Sensible <laughs> Castle oh, God. and the surrounding lands. <laughs> oh, and snakes, too. I hate snakes. <sighs> that was royal decree number one. Royal decree number two. We had to get some cheap plugging going. The official podcast of Sensible Castle <laughs> is the Geek Generation. Failure yeah. to subscribe for free on iTunes is punishable by beheading. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you must do it within that minute. Nice. <laughs> And lastly, my third royal decree was there are only two knights of Sensible Castle. Sir Patrick Stewart. Nice. And the Dark Knight. Nice. Because there had to be a Batman reference in there somewhere. Right, Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Except for the onions and snakes. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't live with you at that castle. Sorry. No, no. No. Now are you only for that minute though? Yeah. <laughs> are your decrees enduring? Like do they endure on until they are repealed or maybe. I mean, they definitely exist within those three minutes that I reigned as king, uh-huh. but I don't know if they move forward in perpetuity unless somebody rules against them. I would say that they would have to undecree them. Right. I mean, they would have to, yeah, like, you know, vote against it and take it out of the books kind of thing. Like One I, would think so. Like, I hereby I so. decree that onions are available in this right. castle. But right. if somebody wasted their three decrees on that... <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty sad. I mean, I like onions, but not enough to waste like one of my three wishes on them. <laughs> right, right. I know it did kind of feel like three genie wishes, right? Yeah, yeah. My first decree is that I will have unlimited decrees. <laughs> <laughs> I will reign forever, as fast as you can say them in three minutes. <laughs> All future reigns end now. All right. With that, let's get into our geek outs. Yay! Hello. My first geek out is Overwatch. Fuck, this game is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who aren't familiar, Overwatch is the first person shooter uh, recently released by Blizzard, a company that you would not necessarily think of when you think first person shooter. Mm -hmm. It's 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 such like a it's a paradox of a game wherein like it's very like ADD based, like it's that you don't have to play it for very long. The interest in it can be as short or long as you want it to be. And yet there's enough content in it. There have been some criticisms about the content, but there is enough content in it now where you can take a deep dive and get lost in it. Just like, you know, like an MMO or anything like that. Sure. Um, it's very much a team based game. Uh, it's not like your call of duties, or your destinies where, you know, the, your class doesn't necessarily matter. Um, your team composition matters a lot. For it survival does. Yeah, absolutely. And success. There are different categories of players that you can use. Um, you can play against, com- you know, AIs. You can play against people online. Uh, there are custom game modes that you can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody's subscribed to the Achievement Hunter guys from Rooster Teeth on YouTube, you can see that they have done a couple of things you can do in Overwatch videos where they use the abilities of certain classes to just kind of screw around. I did watch the video that you posted yeah. in the show notes. And so like, yeah, it's amazing. There's this one character named Genji. He's a ninja. And like one of his abilities is uh, the ability to deflect projectiles. And so uh, they did this video where they made a custom game and they had Gen- two Genjis, two opposing Genjis deflect projectiles from a third party. 
So like one person would be in there and they would shoot one of the Genjis and then the Genji would deflect it to the other Genji and it would just be this giant game of Pong. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the 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 program or the coding is such that like the projectiles get faster and faster with each deflection. So eventually a single Genji versus a single Genji will end. Like it will the projectile will hit the person and that person will die. Yeah. So they figured, why not? Why don't we just do two v two? So have two Genjis versus two Genjis, and that's where they found that it can it can continue on into perpetuity. It's insanity. Yeah, and it's 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 insane that like such a simple like a game with such a simple concept can have so much depth in terms of like I mean you're just screwing around, mm-hmm. but it's the funnest kind of screwing around. Yeah, that's the most fun. I mean, I talked way back looking at like my video game nostalgia episode. I talked about the fact that we played this game called Midtown Madness. Yeah. Where it's a driving game where you race around, you do cops and robbers. And our favorite thing was doing, playing King of the Hill, which was not an official game mode. Mm-hmm. We just found a building that we were able to drive on top of and we would smash each other off the roof. Yeah. That was our favorite thing to do in this game. It wasn't part of the game, yeah. but that's what we played. It's like that, it's like that essence, the, the, the part of the, any game where the creators give you some freedom in terms of what you can do and how you can have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. That makes the game that much better. Like, I mean, the, this, you saw this a lot in like World of Warcraft where, you know, there were aspects of the game that were, you know, necessary for you to accomplish in order for you to proceed. But, you know, you could also have a whole lot of fun just doing random stuff, mm-hmm. finding bugs or just like flying through the world or like walking on a tree into perpetuity. Like it, like it, it, made no sense but it was like a way for you to spend your time if you got bored in the game sure and i mean not to say that people are getting bored in overwatch because i mean it's only been out for like a week right and people love it right and people are going insane over it and like the i mean i know the youtube community for instance is just blowing up with overwatch videos Mm -hmm. um i subscribe to maybe 15 channels that focus on gaming and all of them have like an overwatch video at some point during the week and so uh definitely check it out. I think if you like shooters and you come from like an MMO background, this game will be like right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, Rob, uh, you don't really play shooters. but you No, I mean, too, I talked right? about the beta recently yeah. as a geek out and I enjoyed the beta a lot. I'm not a first person shooter guy. Mm-hmm. I used to be back when I played more console based or not console when I played more PC based mm-hmm. stuff. But since I've been more into console, uh, I don't like them as much because the aiming is not as precise. I don't necessarily like aiming on the controller. Mm -hmm. But I played the beta on both the PC and my PS4, and I enjoyed it on both a lot. It's not a game where, like, precision shooting is necessarily your best friend. No. Because there are characters that, like, for example, shoot rockets. And rockets right. don't need to be precise. And yet Widowmaker is probably the one I use the most, which yeah. is the sniper. So I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, there's there's so many different options to choose. There's even healing classes. There's a whole group of characters called support characters mm-hmm. who provide boosts to abilities and also heal. Yep. And I played a healer last night. I played, well, I forgot the girl's name. Mercy. Mercy. Probably. Yeah. yeah with the wings i played mercy last night for almost the entire night and i had a blast because mm. she has an ability to heal and also increase combat ability right so you just need to kind of stand behind a wall of your friends and you just shoot heals or you know the combat boost and it makes your team that much more effective yeah even though you're not doing any shooting so i appreciate too that the game tells you when you're setting up your party it's like oh you don't have a healer yeah. or you don't have uh, an attack person right. or you don't have a sniper, you don't have a tank right. class. Like it tells you like what you need to balance out your group so that you don't have like five widowmakers, which right. is like I mean, I've seen videos where where like groups of pre made 
players will go into an instance and do like five Widowmakers or five uh, Pharahs, which is like the rocket. I've heard that people are breaking the game by having teams of the same character. Like they win every time. Yeah. There's this one character. She's a support character. I forgot her name, but she mounts like a turret, like a laser turret, Mm -hmm. and she can mount it on any surface. And so what people will do will they'll they'll do like a five man team of this character and they'll mount their max maximum number of turrets Mm -hmm. on like a choke point. And they'll just wait on the other side of that choke point. Right. And it's insane. It's like just like laser beams of light, just like killing. Which things. is so unfair. It's unfair, but it's also creative. Like, I mean, if you think about what your character can do, like if you could somehow game the system and do like five Reinhardts, which is like that giant knight looking yeah, dude with the yeah. big hammer. If you could find a way for that to work, I would imagine you'd be unstoppable. Yeah. So anyway, go check out Overwatch. Um, I'm on Xbox One. If you want to hit me up and play, um, I'm at FPO 45. But yeah, definitely give it a shot. I, I wish we were on the same console or system. I'm like, I'm thinking about picking up a PS4 because I'm so sick of people being like, oh, I wish I could play with you, but you're not on PS4. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I bought an Xbox One because I mean, I don't I don't have the game yet. I yeah. haven't gotten it yet. But if, if enough people I had had it on either PC or PS4, then mm-hmm. I might. Yeah, fall into that as well. Like the only other geek generation person that has an Xbox One is Volpe. Yeah, and like he doesn't have time to play no. video games. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about getting a PS4. Maybe when the you know the new consoles drop that they're talking about re- recently. Maybe after E3 when yeah. prices tend to drop. Yeah, yeah. Now on your next geek out, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed you had some spoilers even yeah. in the show notes. I'm not. <laughs> we can't. We can't get into spoilers on the show because it aired last night. Right. I won't get into too many spoilers. Okay. But... I'm glad I watched the show before I read the show notes. Because oh. <laughs> you would have killed me. Yeah. <laughs> even though I didn't even really recognize the character that yeah. you spoke of. So Game of Thrones <laughs> is my second geek out. Yeah. Um. It. It's fairly recent because, okay, so for everybody who doesn't know, we put together show notes, um, you know, before we come in and record for the show. And I put together these show notes and I was so blown away by, by the episode yesterday that I was like, uh, <laughs> I got to talk about this. But then I didn't <laughs> think about it to myself. I was like, oh, but maybe Rob didn't see the episode. And well, anyway, I, won't I tend s- to watch everything a day later. You're lucky that I watched it last night because yeah. I didn't have to work today. Right, right. So I had time. So, I mean, Game of Thrones is this season has been pretty awesome, I'd say. Um, it's been of, good. A lot of uh, <laughs> it's so hard to dance. Around I know. This. I know it is. <laughs> at some point, at some point, I promise you, yeah. maybe like before the season finale or right after it, yeah. we'll do a full season spoiler yeah. room discussion. I promise. I know it's hard for you to hold it in. It's so hard. Yeah. There uh, are things that I want to talk about, too. Yeah. There was like the thing that you said you were excited about. I wasn't necessary. I will say the thing without saying it. Uh-huh. The thing that excited me the most was Arya's decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wait. I've been waiting for that for so long. That reminded me of a certain character that you enjoy. Yes, in a certain movie that he was in. Yes, at, at a certain time when he made a decision. We know what we're talking idea about. Idea how foolish this conversation sounds. Yeah, it's this really hard to dance did around. This thing, and then they. I know we took it to another level. It's yeah. one thing that we're dancing around the thing that everybody probably has watched, but now we're bringing up personal <laughs> and references. we're also like dancing around another issue that's related to this issue yeah 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 um <laughs> it's completely incoherent 
parent to it somebody is. that I doesn't know it. what you're talking about. I love it. Completely. I would say I would say this. If you're not watching Game of Thrones and you somehow are capable of watching it, I would start watching because this season is very much making a departure from the books because there's no there's no mm-hmm. literary basis to operate off of. So the showrunners are the ones who are basically writing the story this time around. And it's getting much better. Um with George R. R. Martin at the helm, it was very much a situation where they were confined by what was going on in the books to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I know they said that they wouldn't do everything word for word, but they had um, like a context to operate within. Now that they don't have that context, I feel like it's moving much faster and it's moving with a certain it's it's moving with a certain speed that it didn't have before because they were confined sure. by the books. So definitely check it out. <laughs> it's really hard to like talk like not talk about it. Yeah. Like I have I have groups of friends who like will want to talk about it at certain times, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's this sort of moratorium for like the, the shortest one is like 30 minutes after the episode airs just, oh, to, really? just in case like somebody hasn't seen. So like the emails start coming in and like, wow. know, like the text messages. See, I'm always stuff. like a week. Yeah. At least a week. Like I, I would be okay with that, you know, like just kind of reserving myself. Mm-hmm. But this season is a little difficult for, to do that because every episode has had some kind of like, I agree. Big reveal. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Go watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it for me. All right, Anna, what are you geeking out over? Uh, it's not a big geek out. It's like a little geek out. It's still um, a geek out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so I've been watching Fear the Walking Dead, even though I'm really hesitant and I'm not really liking it that much. But the last two episodes were actually really good. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's sort of catching up with the other show. Like it felt more like The Walking Dead. It felt more like like Robert Kirkman's world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like there was this really creepy character that was really messed up. And I mean, before it was sort of just like a family drama with zombies, which I'm mm-hmm. like, Meh, I'm not into that at all. And I wasn't really interested in watching the beginning of the apocalypse either. Like that's not usually included in any of the movies. Like they yeah. always just skip and like throw you right in it, mm-hmm. which is what I'm used to. And I like that. So I was like real hesitant, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. Like I never watch it on Sunday nights when it's on. Whereas The Walking Dead, I always watch it on Sunday night, like as soon as it airs. Mm-hmm. But this one I was watching like during the week, like in the morning while I was working out and stuff. And it was like just background noise basically. But the last two episodes definitely like we're starting to live up to my expectations. Like, so I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, now I'm, you know, I want to know what happens. So I'm going to be tuning in in August. And that was the first time I felt that way. Because last season, I was like, not even sure I was going to pick it up again. It was like the shortened season because it was the first season. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like six episodes. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to bother. Like, and then, like I said, I started just kind of throwing it on for whatever reason. And, um, but now I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I want to know what happens next. So it's kind of exciting. Um, there's like one character, like you're not sure if he's dead or not. So I'm like, I want to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of I don't care, it's become I want to know. Sure. Which is it kind of exciting. If I remember correctly, there was a news article saying that it got renewed for a third and fourth season already. I wouldn't be surprised. They're doing Talking Dead now afterwards. So right. I think a- AMC is probably 
going to give it more of a chance maybe than another show. They're doing I, talking for everything. Now. I know yeah, they are. Talking preacher now. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I think that's just for the premiere though. I don't think that's going to oh, be really? the whole, yeah. Cause they uh, did that for, um, better call Saul too. They just did the finale. True. So like he does those like breaking bad. He only did a handful they of did them. Talking bad for like the last few. Or yeah. Something. But yeah. it wasn't like the whole season, like talking dead has been, but I think AMC's putting like a lot of money into this and even if it doesn't come back right away i think they're gonna try to stick it out well yeah they did put a lot of money into this because the i remember before the season started they were talking about their new set which is like the ocean right oh yeah it's huge it's it's this giant aquatic compound in like the northern part of mexico oh really california it's like these two gigantic sea tanks with you know the the yacht that they're on as well but it's like they it's a giant hollywood production for a cable tv show yeah it's the one they used for the titan for titanic oh geez it's the same tank that they used for titanic that's crazy yeah it's like a blocked off area the ocean so when you film it at a certain angle you can't see the barrier Mm -hmm. so it's like it's in the ocean yeah yeah, and Truman cool. showed that they basically, did. like yeah. the drone shot is it makes it look like almost like they're it's like a fish farm or something because they have these two giant pools mm-hmm. and then they have like the entire like set building like right behind it. So That's cool. Yeah, I think it's just the opposite of what I'm used to. Usually, something's super hyped up, and then I get real disappointed. Mm-hmm. And for this, it was like no hype, wasn't even really that interested. And I'm like, oh oh, that was a cool little twist or that's a neat thing that happened. And like now I'm starting to get attached to a couple of the characters and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's exciting. Because I do think, I don't think The Walking Dead's going to be on that much longer mm-hmm. just because of the way AMC tends to go seven, eight seasons. So then it'll give us something to watch after that's over. Maybe. Although I think I read something too recently that said it could go on indefinitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want them like Game of Thrones. I do not want them catching up to the comic because the comic is too good. Mm-hmm. And right now they've finally really gotten in line with the comic. So it's well, the very comic similar. is still readily coming out, right? Yeah, but there's not that much mm-hmm. content left. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not really that far behind the show. I mean, the show isn't that far behind the comic. Okay. Um, but that show's gotten way better since they started really following the comic closer than they used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't want them going on their own. <laughs> like the comic plot. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. All right. I have a few geek outs. My first of which is something Paulo actually made me aware of. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I had created a, a meme from some photos that I had at PAX East this year. Uh, I had done a couple of different shoots with uh, Kyla and Squalls that people know from the show. And uh, we shot Squalls as Lara Croft right outside of the hotel. Now, I put out a bunch of photos at first of, like, being in the woods and, like, it looked very jungly and it was a good setting and everything. But then I took some additional photos to show the environment we were actually in, where the <laughs> the actual environment was just the foliage in the front of a hotel and, like, a little island of plants. Right. Like, it was nothing crazy. So I put a meme together that said like perception versus reality for photographers. And I had the, the woodsy picture first and then the revealing location picture second. And I threw that up on the cosplay subreddit and it blew up on there because that's the thing people love. Yeah. Uh, so when it then got really popular on the subreddit, Kotaku picked it up, their cosplay page and put it on there. So I'm, 
I'm in the like health food section of Shaw's and I get a text from Paul O. And he's like, dude, 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 your photos are on Kotaku. He was so excited. Like he was yeah. way more excited he than was I was. He was more geek out than you. That's hilarious. I was. I yeah. was fucking, I was flipping out because mm-hmm. I remember I was just, I was scrolling through stuff and I was like, wait, that girl looks familiar. <laughs> That's the best way to that run into it. Yeah. And I was just like, wait. And then I clicked on the article and I was like, uh, something, something. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's Sam. That's Squalls. <laughs> and then I see in the bottom corner, I see the watermark for, you know, Rob Logan Media. And I was like, wait, I know that guy. I know him. <laughs> I know him. And then I flipped the fuck out and I got on my phone and I was like, Rob, Rob, your phone, your pictures on Kotaku. Yeah. And then like, she's like, and then Rob's like, yeah, tell Squalls. And I'm like, already did. <laughs> so that was cool. I mean, it's always good when your stuff gets picked up by large outlets. The only thing I don't like that they did is they broke my meme. They uh, took the yeah. two photos out of it and they made it into an animated GIF. Yeah, I couldn't get it pictures. to work, so I never, I still have not seen the one where you see where you oh, actually okay. were. I can, I, it wouldn't work. It's on, um, if people go to facebook.com slash Rob Logan Media, the meme is in there, so you can check it out there. There's also the link to the Kotaku article in there as well. So they, they broke the meme, which is a bummer because I, I created the thing to be the thing by itself, uh-huh. and it's not going to spread off of Kotaku yeah. by being an animated GIF that they created. Plus, that also takes the credits out of the picture, even though I watermarked the photograph with uh, Rob Logan Media. Yeah. It gets rid of the Twitch link I had for Squalls. Uh, they did link to, I don't know if they linked to her Twitch. I think they did. She got some followers off of it. Oh, that's good. Uh, and I got some more people liking the Facebook page. So they did link to us in the article, but if people wanted to share that GIF, now that GIF is shareable without my credits. Uh, so I don't like that they did that. Yeah. But. I do appreciate that they're actually spreading the content that I created out there, which is nice. Uh, my next geek out is I've been playing a lot of Skyrim. Uh, I'm doing my first playthrough now, even though the game came out years ago. Welcome to 2013, guys. <laughs> I know. I'm playing Skyrim now. Uh, but I've been playing a lot on the stream. It gives me, it was one of those games like Fallout New Vegas that I have not gotten around to anytime. What game, what game was that, Rob? What? what? What game was that? Uh, Fallen New Vegas. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble wait. hearing you. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe I just did. You had say a... Fallout New Vegas? Probably. Okay, <laughs> okay. just checking. <laughs> so Skyrim was one of those games where it just seemed so expansive that the amount of time it would take me to actually play through and enjoy it yeah. was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then I started streaming a lot. And I was like, hey, I like games that take up a lot of time because people get invested in the character. They get invested in the story. They get invested in the world Mm -hmm. because you're creating your own story as you're going through. So your character is actually telling a tale as you play through it. And uh, I think people enjoy that. And I'm enjoying it a lot, too. I'm really enjoying playing Skyrim. But I couldn't just play vanilla Skyrim because because I'm me. So instead of I have some things, some mods that people say break the immersion. I'm like, for me, I can write them off with my imagination in one way or another. (laughs) And I'm not necessarily trying to make the game easier. That's not my goal. I'm just trying to make it more fun for me. So uh, some of the mods I have, this is the one first that people say breaks the immersion. I have a mod called Magicka Sabers Expanded, and I will link to all of these in the show notes if people want to install them on their Skyrim. Uh, Magicka Sabers Expanded basically lets you have lightsabers in Skyrim. Nice. Nice. Now, I understand (laughs) that that's weird to have, like, sci-fi technology in mythological fantasy world no because always lightsabers in my brain it's a piece of metal that has a magic blade right 
There's magic in the game. Yeah. There's all sorts of enchantments you can put on weapons. I just have a magical sword. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. That makes the best sound ever. It makes yeah. total sense to me. Yeah. So I have that. Uh, I have another one called The Dark Knight, of course. <laughs> so this one's cool, too, because it's Batman armor. And I installed it, and I was like, all right, I'm not Batman armor. And then I'm like, you have to find the stuff to build it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I needed to find resources. Uh, and it requires something called ebony ingot, which you don't get until like a certain level or unless you randomly find it. So I have been playing all this time without finding ebony ingot. I'm like, I want to be Batman. <laughs> and it hasn't been happening for me. Uh, but I finally got some ebony ingot the other day, but only enough to build part of the armor. So I have the body, uh, like chest plate of Batman. And the thing that I really like about this armor is it's not just a Batman costume. They made it look like it fits into the world. So the cowl is like a hood that has kind of the ears mm -hmm. off of it. And the mask is underneath the hood covering half the face as if it was like uh, a masquerade mask or something. The armor all like every everything about it looks like it's made of some sort of armor like a knight would wear. So it is really like the Dark Knight, but it's very Batman themed. There are other ones where you just straight up wear a Batman costume. I'm like, no, I like to keep it kind of <laughs> immersed looking. So that looks really cool. So eventually I'll build the rest of my Batman armor. Uh, I have another one called Blaze of Eventide, which is a custom mount. Horses are fun. Yep. Uh, a horse that has a flaming mane and leaves burning footprints behind you is way cooler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can summon him whenever I want. Nice. Also, when I get off, he'll straight up attack enemies, which normal horses don't do. Cool. And if I really want to, I can use him as a missile. <laughs> so instead of summoning him to ride, I can deploy him, and he just runs at something and explodes. Nice. Yeah. Now, that's I haven't done that cool. yet because I think that's one of the things where... It's making the game easier. Right. And that's not necessarily what I want to do. So yeah. I'll ride him around and he's cool. But I'm not going to like send him in missile mode until like we beat all the stuff that we need to. Yeah. And then we're just sandbox having fun. Uh, another one is armored saber cat mount. So instead of using blaze, sometimes I want to ride a saber cat. Of course you I do. I was like, wait. How has nobody made like battle cat? <laughs> right? From I was he just thinking for this? Yeah. Because I saw, as soon as I saw saber cats in the game, I'm like, I want battle cat. That's where my brain went when you said my horse attacks people. Yeah. I'm like, you need battle cat. Yeah. So it's not straight up battle cat and nobody's made like a straight up battle cat mod, which shocks me. Right. But I do have an armored saber cat, which is pretty close. Nice. So I'll take that. Uh, and lastly, I'm using a, a mod called Rayx and Revisited. This is a modification of the original Rayx End, which is a custom mod house. And uh, you go to this place, and it's a waterfall, a little waterfall next to a river. You enter it, and you see a little island around kind of like a lagoonish looking thing. But you're all in cavernous, enclosed area. And you see a skeleton on the ground, and he has an arrow in his knee. Nice. Because <laughs> it's Skyrim. Right, right. Uh, and there's a little note saying that he was, like, sick or whatever, and he's leaving you a key to his place. If you continue through this lagoon, there's another little waterfall that you walk through and you walk, you just walk to a stone wall. But if you look underneath the water a little bit, there's a switch and the stone wall comes up. Guys, it's like a bat cave. <laughs> That's where I'm getting with this. It's basically a bat cave. So you go in and it's actually really well designed. It's organized the way my brain likes to organize things. 
there's all the like arcane enchanter counters and there's the uh, there's a place to store everything there's even custom sorting so you like go into one area where you can store all your clothing there's an area for armor there's an area for cloths there's an area for whatever no matter where you put the clothing in that area it will automatically move it to the place where it should be nice. so if i want a heavy armor later i can go there and i know i'm uh-huh. all my heavy armors are stored in this one area yeah. it's so cool it's the best. So I love my uh, Rayx End House. And again, I will link to all of these mods in the show notes if anyone wants to use them. They're all fantastic. Now, I had I, I played a little bit of Skyrim. I didn't play a lot of it. Okay. But I watched a lot of videos of people playing Skyrim with mods. And there are some fucking awesome mods mm-hmm. out there. Like game-breaking mods. Yeah, yeah. They are hilarious. Oh, I will get to those eventually, but after I'm like done... Playing, like, playing. I'm sure Rob knows about this. So, Anna, there's this mod where, you know, Skyrim, the ultimate bad guys are dragons. Mm-hmm. You can turn all the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage. I know. I actually, I think you, did you show the video? We talked yeah, about yeah, the video yeah. years that, ago Yeah, on the when show. it first came out, it was yeah. awesome. There's that was another awesome. One. And they go, oh, yeah. yeah like, when they oh, shout. Yeah. It's so great. And then there's another one that turns all of the dragons into Thomas the Tank Engine. That's true. Which is hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Because they don't have wings. They're just flying tank yeah. engines. <laughs> and then they make the doot doot sound. <laughs> instead of like roaring and then there's another one where like if you instead of uh like the fusroda or like the dragon roar thing mm-hmm. that you do instead of like screaming at somebody you turn around and you fart nice oh really like, yeah <gasps> nice i did not know that that's yeah. amazing and then there's one that's like there's one i think it's like a custom game mode but like you can populate your mode with like bears and dragons nice just have it be like this chaotic scene and then like you run through with the lightsaber and you just kill everything i love it it look really fun but yeah oh yeah after i'm done like the main playthrough and everything or maybe i'll start a second save game that's just like the goofball one the sandbox have fun go crazy one yeah nonsense i will get all to that eventually for sure i would definitely want a mod though that like modded out my residence like uh the matrix like neo in the Matrix. oh yeah it's like i need guns lots of guns (laughs) (laughs) it's just a big white space and then you just see your like armor coming at you like in these aisles i haven't searched for it yet but i was just saying today while i was playing before the podcast that uh i want a he-man like magic sword one or a sword of omens thundercat sword i'm sure they're out there i just haven't searched for them yeah (laughs) they're definitely out there oh yeah or just have your house be Castle Grayskull. Oh. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, my last geek out is Uncharted 4. I'm still playing through it. I think I'm on like chapter 12 or something in the game. I don't know how many chapters there are. I feel like I'm at least three quarters of the way through, I would say. Uh, but aside from the game just being absolutely gorgeous and so much fun, and I love the Uncharted series so much, it's ridiculous. Uh, one of the things that I'm really geeking out about with the Uncharted 4 game is there is a photo mode. Mm-hmm. So you can enable photo mode anytime during the free play, not during the cutscenes. You can hit both the analog sticks. You push them in and it activates photo mode and you can adjust things like the camera positioning, your depth of field, oh, uh, vignettes. Uh, you can add some like almost Instagram kind of like filters on it. You can adjust sharpness. You can adjust saturation. It's like a Photoshop inside of Whoa. this game. It's crazy. And I'm way too <laughs> obsessed with that. I bet you are. That like the other day I stopped like mid game. I was like, oh, this is a beautiful scene. I was like, I could do this and this. <laughs> I'm starting to position. I spent a half hour 
prepping one photo. Nobody's paying you for that, Rob. No, but it looks, <laughs> it looks so beautiful. It's awesome. And uh, I threw that photo up in the Discord channel for people that are in there. I'll put it into the show notes as well. Uh, so you can check that out. But I'm going to be doing a lot more. I, I feel like I'm going to play through the game first. I'll go back around to doing photos later, oh my God. but I should experience That is the game. right up your alley. They're like, how can we make this game more fun for Rob? <laughs> That's hilarious. It is a lot of fun. It's so cool because it's so beautiful, the game. But the fact that like I had a picture of Nathan Drake and I caught him. You can't position him, really. You can only move the camera around. But he was doing an animation of like holding his hand up and looking in the distance. So I like moved the camera around to behind him and put him on the right side. And then there was a town like way down and far away because I'm on a huge tower and then the ocean behind him and everything. So then I kind of slightly blurred that. So it gave the proper depth of field and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, this is so good. I was so happy. You're a nerd. You're such a nerd. (laughs) You're a big nerd. Huge nerd. I love it so much. Okay, uh, let's get into our freakouts. Oh, freakout. Paulo. All right. So. If you have been on any sort of social media or any of the internet, really, yeah, for the past like week and a half, you found out about the Captain America twist. Yeah, we can spoil this because it's been it's everywhere, there. and they're only one they're only one issue into the comic deep anyway. It's been out there. It's a meme. It's just mm-hmm. unavoidable. This is the thing that I don't like about comics, even though I know it sells them, yeah. is that they're just throwing all these spoilers before the comic even comes out. Now, like I think what that's happened, been happening for years. The 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 issue came out, and then. Within the amount of time it would take for somebody to read it, mm-hmm. the, there were already stories on the internet. About yeah. it. I mean, like, literally maybe, like, a paragraph blurb about it, mm-hmm. but it was out real quick. Like, it depended on your speed of reading, but you could have been spoiled if you were somehow in the comic and on the internet at the same time. Sure. Like, <laughs> it, it was so fast. It was. But, yeah. Um, so, apparently, Captain America has been with Hydra the entire time. The entire time. The entire time, He's guys. been a sleeper cell. Yeah. He's yeah. apparently been with Hydra the entire time. The original Captain America, Steve Rogers, who we should say, yeah. th- there's been a whole thing going on. So a, a, a while ago, Captain America got old, mm-hmm. like real old, because whatever uh, super soldier stuff was keeping him young, uh, they had to like get rid of it because mm-hmm. it was giving him cancer or something like that. Something happened. And where... he got real old. And yeah. that's when Falcon, Sam Wilson, took over and became Captain America. Then recently, because Captain America's 75th anniversary is right around the corner, they, of course, as they always do, found a way to bring Steve Rogers back. He is also Captain America with a new shield, a new costume, but Sam Wilson is also still Captain Captain America. America. This is where things get awful that I don't like comics do this. They should have just given Wilson like a new name instead of just having him be Captain America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then they come back and they do... Him as Captain America. So this is Steve Rogers number one, Mm -hmm. which is the first kind of return of him as Captain America. And we get this. Yeah. I don't like it. It it just it didn't make any sense to me. Like why you would go all the way back to the beginning and say he's been with Hydra the entire time. Mm -hmm. Like maybe say he's been with Hydra since he got his powers back or something. Not like. Oh, like his mom had some sort of deep-seated connection to Hydra because right. she picked up some fly. Like this is from the comic. So like apparently she picked up a flyer and there was some sort of thing in New York during that time where Hydra was recruiting and 
his mom somehow was influenced by Hydra. And so Steve Rogers was, you know, like became a member of Hydra. And then he's been with Hydra as a double agent the entire time, even though it goes, it cuts against everything that's in particularly the cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense there, but also in the comics universe as well. Cause I mean, he's basically been fighting and or killing a lot of people that are affiliated or, you know, are, core hydra members yeah like it, if he's a double agent he's the worst double he's agent terrible ever. Or terrible. he's either the worst or the best because he's yeah. been very convincing this yeah. entire time but yet he's done very little to actually help hydra in any right. way yeah. right exactly and then of course you know like at, at any time there's something controversial like this there are people from either the organization that put it out marvel mm-hmm. or from you know People uh, trying to get views or, you know, clicks uh, saying that, well, this is how we could remedy mm-hmm. Captain Rogers being Hydra the entire time. Or maybe this is how we explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's like, stop. It still doesn't take away that sort of like bad taste in your mouth. I mean, Captain America is supposed to be like bland. I don't want to say bland, but, you know, he's like the model superhero. He's the rock, right? not not Dwayne Johnson. He's. He's yeah. the the steady the anchor point yes. for like a lot of the like this is this is your sort of this is how good should look mm-hmm. this is how the good guy should look and then to like strip that away it's when they turn Bret Hart heel yeah that's the problem basically yeah and so it doesn't it it flies in the face of everything that was in the history of that character for the entire time yep and we still don't have any sort of explanation for it and I don't see how this is going to either rejuvenate his comic storyline mm-hmm. or how this is going to affect anything else that surrounds the storyline. Right. For example, right. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because they I don't know if they can work that into anything in the future. And I'm pretty sure didn't Chris Evans tweet out like say it ain't so. Yeah. Like he thought like, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure he was thinking this is bullshit. Yeah. Because, you know Well here's the thing. Like everybody goes nuts when they hear it. Even my first reaction is I'm gonna just go crazy. Yeah. And of course, I don't say anything because if I wait for two more minutes, I go, oh, wait, it's the comic books. Mm-hmm. And we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. They do this with every character, especially around anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Like his 75th anniversary is coming up. They're going to end up retconning all this or yeah. just say that he was playing a game or da da. This is, this is electric Superman before they brought him back to mm-hmm. his normal Superman-ness. Yeah. They always do something to screw with a character royally. And then everyone gets all excited when he goes back to his traditional form. I don't know if I'm going to be all excited by him going back to his traditional I'm form. I'm not. Because his traditional form is kind of fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, but even still, like like you said, there's now this weird stamp in the lineage of Captain America. Because even years from now, people go, oh, remember that time when he was a Hydra agent? That was some bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't. That's why I'm thinking like you I mean when you have such like an iconic character like Captain America when you have something that g- cuts against the grain of what he is as a character and have that go back all the way to the beginning yeah like that makes it makes zero sense first of all yeah. and it also just kind of like that character is no longer the character that you thought you were reading about or watching right. so that character i mean you're basically starting over yeah it's not just the next chapter it's rewriting right and that's not cool like if like i know there was you know like when he got old and gave up captain america if he somehow became influenced by hydra at that point 
that could work. Sure. Because maybe he was banking on getting his powers back that threw away that Hydra had. Or they captured or, him and used the Winter Soldier programming yeah. on him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do that. Don't do it like, oh, he's been Hydra the entire time. Like, yeah. It's stupid. I don't know. I'm, I'm like flipping out over a character that I don't care about. Honestly. Dude, I'm it's the same way. It's the principle of the thing. It is. Yeah, but it it's is. the principle of the matter. Like, it's... It, yeah, it doesn't make sense because you know somebody out there has those books and is like flipping through them going, well, that doesn't make sense and yeah. that doesn't make sense I think and that doesn't make sense. It's extra sensitive with Captain America because of the reason he was created in the first place. Yeah. Like he's, as like a way to bring up the country against the Nazis. Yeah. Like he was he was a morale boosting icon. Yeah. So it is it's spitting in the face of a lot of stuff, yeah, I mean, not just like the character. It's like the the ideals that he represents. Yeah, it makes zero sense. Yeah. But anyway, lame. Yep. That's it for me. And Nana, you didn't have one this week? Not really. Okay. Life's good. All right. All right. All right. We'll take it. Uh, my only freak out is the iTunes update, which is the latest one that I have right now, which is version 12.4.0.119. Ooh, so exciting. What? Yeah, it's exciting names over here. Uh, so the iTunes update, one of the things that it does a lot is it changes a lot of the layout of the program. Uh, it now has a category drop down menu where it used to have just icons. So now for, for people that are in web design at all, we understand the economy of clicks. And if you have to click something more to accomplish the same thing, that's bad design. Yep. So if you have a drop-down menu where you have to click the drop-down menu and then click the category, mm -hmm. as opposed to just clicking the icon that was visible on the bar the whole time, mm -hmm. you've now doubled the amount of clicks someone needs to do something every single time. That's a problem. I can't imagine that Apple would be that stupid. Google did it. Yeah. Google did it. Used to be you could click on images, maps. True. Now you have the little nine thing and you click on that and then you click on maps. So true, apparently true. everybody wants you all to click. Although I think that can be customized because maps is up in my Yeah, but you still have to menu. do that right. yourself. That's true. Yeah. Also in iTunes update, uh, some of these things might not be relevant for the wide audiences that don't necessarily use these features. But for me... Uh, one of the things that I like to do is certain shows that I listen to that aren't podcasts, but they're long. I like to put them into podcast form in my like categorization. But to have them sorted by release date, I have to go in and manually edit the release date on those episodes, even on ours. Yeah. But now that is no longer allowed within the program. So now I have to use a whole separate program now to edit release date metadata in the mp3s yay less functionality yay Woo. so that yeah they're getting rid of things that i used to be able to do um and now also just to make my workflow even a little bit longer i used to be able to and this was more prominent when you put a cd and you wanted to convert it to digital uh but i do it when i'm converting the podcast because i export it from my recording program as a wave so i don't lose any quality and then itunes is the best for converting from wave to mp3 it gives me the smallest file sizes while maintaining a good quality and i would just right click on the wave file and hit convert to mp3 not an option anymore i now have to go up to the file menu i have to go to a convert menu then i have to choose like it's it's more steps again yeah and it took me a while just to find that right because i was like it was on the right click menu why'd they get rid why ever get rid of things mm -hmm. why 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 <sighs> i don't understand so again minor minor trivial complaints but it it Messes it, with my workflow. Yes. If it adds to your time and makes you less productive, yes. then that's a pain in the ass. Yes. And I don't like it. Nope. No. Did, did you watch Silicon Valley? I have not yet. Night? I'm waiting for it all to build this, up. This will all come back. <laughs> this whole I, your thing about you being upset about iTunes clicks. Yeah. 
this will ring a bell at okay. the episode from yesterday. I'm excited then. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, we have some reviews to do real quick. Uh, Anna, you watched a movie. Yep. I watched Special Correspondence. That's a Netflix original movie. That's the first, my first Netflix original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched obviously the Marvel shows and stuff like that, but, um, it's starring, um, Ricky Gervais and Eric Bana. So if you like Ricky Gervais, you're probably going to like this movie. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really cute. It's very short. It's only a hundred minutes. Um, oh, it's wow. just a sort of adorable little comedy. Um, it says a radio journalist and his technician get in over their heads when they hatch a scheme to fake their own kidnapping during a rebel uprising in South America and hide out in New York instead. I thought Ricky Gervais's character, who's like the main character, um, was very adorable. Which is weird because that's not him. He usually like swears a lot and he's kind of offensive. Mm-hmm. But so I guess he's a pretty good actor because he played like a meek, mild mannered, very sweet man. Sure. And it really at the end of the day was a movie about a bad marriage, <laughs> even though it was a movie about them hiding out. It was really more about Ricky's character and his wife. And okay. his wife was hilarious. She was a horrible human being. And it was so funny because she was so good at playing a oh, horrible really? human being. Do you know who she the actress was hilarious. is? Yeah, I've never heard of her before. Oh, okay. v- Vera Farmiga. Oh, you've never heard of Vera Farmiga? No. Oh, wow. Nope. nope. Why was she in? She's tremendous. She's in a lot She of was stuff. hilarious. She's I've on, never seen her before. Uh, she was in Up in the Air uh, with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. She's nope. in Bates Motel. Nope. No, she was in The Departed. She was the nope. uh, psychiatrist. She's she's a big actress. <laughs> she's in stuff that I've never seen before. Okay. So, um, but it was I thought it was very cute. I mean, it's got one star on, or no, it has five point eight out of ten on IMDb, which I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. It made me laugh. You have to like his sense of humor. You have to like the kind of subtle British quirky. It was like a character driven movie for sure, sure. Sure. But I liked it a lot. I thought it was very funny. I'd seen the previews and I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it's clever. It's different. Yeah. It's not the same. America Ferreira was in it. She was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was so funny. So I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. Cool. Yeah. And free for people to have Netflix. And free for people to have Netflix. Which is always and it's nice short. Ones. I don't know about you, but like I, I'm tired of two and a half hour long movies because if you want to like yeah, plan you your say, evening around you it. You say short, but I don't think the average movie is two and a half hours. A lot of movies nowadays like, are a two plus. Like the average movie time still remains about a hundred minutes. Well, maybe for like comedies and I don't watch that many, but I feel like whenever I'm like flicking through and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed in two hours yeah i have trouble finding a movie that's less than two hours really yeah so most of the stuff i watch is probably an hour 40 to an hour 45 something like that i don't know what you're watching everything (laughs) (laughs) everything too much um some news stories before we get to our interview dhx media limited and dentsu entertainment usa have announced plans to develop co-produce distribute and jointly manage licensing for a new Mega Man animated series based upon the legendary capcom video game franchise the new animated series is aiming for a younger audience and will bring its own spin to the Mega Man lore by introducing the character aki light described as a normal upbeat schoolboy robot when activated, his skin reforms in a flurry of computer code and visual pyrotechnics into a suit of impenetrable nanocore armor, including the iconic Megabuster arm cannon and helmet. Man of Action Entertainment, creators of Ben 10, Generator Rex, the team and characters in the Academy Award winner Big Hero 6, 
and the executive producers slash writers who launched Ultimate Spider-Man and Marvel's Avengers Assemble will executive produce the all-new Mega Man. The new Mega Man animated series has a target air date of 2017, coinciding with the franchise's 30th anniversary. So I love Mega Man, so this is cool. Uh, they are taking some liberties with the character and making some adjustments. I guess it makes sense because Mega Man's world that he lives in is so strange. Yeah. yeah. And a hard thing to necessarily <laughs> create something where you would relate to the character. Yep. So they're giving Mega Man an actual like human identity. And then having like his armor form on him. So he's not just a straight android. Uh, that's what it seems like, at least. Yeah. yeah. But the way, the by giving that, him the last name Light, he's probably the son of Dr. Light. Yeah. The way that you described how the armor comes on, I can already so picture Japanese. it in my head. It's so <laughs> fucking anime. Yeah. It's anime as fuck. Yeah. Like, I, know exactly, like, I, I know exactly how they're going to do Dude, it. Dude, I like, can too. Yeah. It's just. Ugh. I was picturing like all the Ronin warriors, like flower petal yeah, ribbons yeah, yeah. and shit going around. It's just, it's going to be like, like. Like fluorescent green lines of code yeah. that sort of like wrap around his body and yeah, yeah. form into the armor. It's gonna be a four minute sequence. Yeah, it's gonna be like <laughs> with a you, great theme song. Like imagine the Voltrons coming together. The yes. Voltron coming together. See, like except like make it twice as long, and then just have everything wrap around and then like pull really tight for, to be like kind of like a weird, weird, like a weird, sexy. Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to be weird. <laughs> weird sexiness that shouldn't be in children's yeah. programming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is for a younger audience, so I'm hoping, like, I, I just love the Mega Man franchise, so I'm hoping it's still going to be something I can watch. My fear is that Man of Action Studios is involved, and mm -hmm. Big Hero 6 is the one credit in there that I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen the other things that they've done. Not a huge fan of a lot of it. Especially the uh, the Marvel stuff they do. I'm like, eh. Yeah, the Marvel stuff is a little weird. It's weak, yeah. yeah. Not a fan. Uh, MTV has officially announced plans for the Shannara Chronicles Season 2, continuing the network's adaptation of the international best-selling fantasy novels by Terry Brooks. I think we talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, I still have not finished oh, Season 1. Yeah. <laughs> still just kind of haven't gotten around I to do, it. I do... Uh, feel like they deserve a second season. It was a it was a good first go. And even though it didn't hit everywhere that it should, I do feel like they're getting somewhere. So I'm hoping they find their footing in season two. So we'll see. Mirror's Edge, the cult classic video game franchise from EA, is set to become a television series. Endemol Shine Studios acquired the TV rights and is working with EA to transform it into a female-centric action series, much like the game itself. Well, I mean, Mirror's Edge, I feel like, has been... It's just kind of been in the background this entire time. Yeah. Like, I see the ads for it, and I see, like, the pictures of the girl mm -hmm. that's in the game. I've never played it, nor have I met anyone that has played it. I have. Really? Yeah. Like Not I, all the way through. Yeah. But... But it's kind of like one of those things where, I mean, I guess it has a certain level of an anonymity. Wow, I almost mispronounced that one. <laughs> um, anonymity so that it could succeed like in a commercial setting. But like, uh, I mean, isn't it just parkour? Well, yeah, but there's there's like a dystopian world around it. So I can see where like people that are fans of dystopian environments or cyberpunk or mm -hmm. fighting the major corporation, like all those ideas are part of the mirror's edge story. Okay. So if you can get into that, then 
the gameplay is largely parkour and running around and mm-hmm. it's like almost puzzle solving in a flowing moving running way uh but parkour puzzle solving yeah that is kind of what the game is but the the world and the story that exists within it i can see them being able to then branch that out you have like the subversive group of runners mm-hmm. that are trying to take down a larger corporation through what they do so they would have okay. to take that idea and expand it out more yeah but the the base kind of idea is there okay so it's possible yeah yeah we'll see when it actually happens <laughs> we know there's going to be a ton of parkour in the pilot that's all we know yeah. <laughs> parkour <laughs> parkour uh paul what's up how do you live your life I like to live my life a quarter mile at a time. I'm glad you said yeah, that. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Universal Pictures has announced that it will re-release The Fast and the Furious in a limited nationwide theatrical run on Wednesday, yes. June 22nd, to commemorate the film's 15th anniversary. Yeah. Wow, the movie. Years. I know, right? It's crazy. The movie was originally released on the same day in the summer of 2001, igniting one of the most popular global film franchises ever. I am so impressed that you answered that question properly. <laughs> See, because I knew this was, I knew this was news. Yeah. Because I had seen it earlier in the week. I hadn't actually put it in the news, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it clicked in my head. Like, I was like, how do I live my life? I live my life a quarter mile at a time, Rob. <laughs> that is very impressive. I love the Fast and the Furious, the original one. Oh, I know. That I was a good movie. Love that movie. Yeah. yeah. And if people haven't heard it, granted, the the podcast is on hiatus right now. Yeah. But go check out Random Movie Club. I think it's like the third or fourth Something like episode. Yeah. Uh, is Paulo and I recapping the Fast and the Furious? Yeah. I I I just I remember spending like. Not a ton of time, but I remember spending time like going to the IMDb and finding the quotes and like memorizing them just mm-hmm. so I could like use them in real life. <laughs> yeah. Just for funds. You know, like <laughs> it's like you never had your car. Granny shifted, not double clutching like you should. Oh, I forgot the rest of it. Oh, oh my god. No. Oh no. Oh no. Get the IMDb out immediately. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, okay. I love that movie. You so answered the question right. Yeah, That's you should have stopped matters. while you're ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Fast and the Furious did not. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, they're still going strong. They're good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's coming back out for uh, a limited theatrical run, which is exciting. Uh, I'm totally going to take out my clothes from early 2000s <laughs> and go and go to the movie theater. Oh, it's going to be great. That's well, the day before my birthday. Oh. Birthday trip. We're going to drag race to the theater. Yes. <laughs> In my Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> I call Dom. <laughs> Even though I don't want to be Dom, I call him. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's 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 cut this foolishness and move on to things that are much more important. So recently, uh, I got the opportunity to chat with Melanie Scrifano, who is the star of Sci-Fi's Winona Earp. Uh, we talked about her preparation for the role, being part of a cast full of strong female characters, and what she geeks out about. She was a wonderful guest, and you can enjoy that interview right after this. Hey, Amazon users, if you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com and click on the Amazon button, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping.
Hi, Melanie. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about and only a little bit of time, so I guess we shouldn't waste too much of it. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So I'm curious. I've watched quite a bit of Winona Earp, and I'm curious what it is about that role in particular that drew you to the character. Um, She was just uh, a really interesting mix of opposites that we don't get to play often. Um, She's very vulnerable, but she's tough as nails, and she's, you know, funny, but she's also got a huge heart and and even though she's wildly sarcastic so it was just it was just like all of the it just seemed like a full person you know like a lot of times they want uh vulnerable and that's all you're allowed to do um or if you're tough you're not allowed to be at all vulnerable and i just feel like that's so not true to life so so i just was excited to play someone who seemed like a a girl that I could recognize. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the sarcasm and the quips and stuff, and it seems like a lot of Winona's quips are actually more on the defensive than the attacking, which shows a little yeah. of that vulnerability that you mentioned. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you picked up on that because that's how I totally felt about it. Like, I never... I feel like she always has a reason for doing it, and I think she uses it as a defense mechanism. I don't think she's just quipping for the sake of quipping. Um, obviously, sometimes she just is trying to make a dumb joke but (laughs) but um a lot of times it's just like the fear that pushes her to be sarcastic or the you know the cover of some kind yeah and and a lot of the comments she makes too not only uh being defensive like she's not afraid to go into certain areas that would get a lot of typical female characters labeled a certain way like she'll make a sexual comment and just brush it off and walk past it yeah good point i love that which is very like that's how I am, and I I maybe I'm just naive, but like I I don't think twice about it. Like why can't I just, you know, I don't say it around somebody's grandmother, but sure, like sure. I, I'll <laughs> I'll make my my little innuendo and just move on, and and it's just that sort of she goes to a sort of sexless area where it's like it doesn't matter what your gender, uh, uh, an innuendo is fun. Mm. Right? make so let's just make a new window <laughs> yeah absolutely uh i'm sure you get this asked all the time too but uh you talked a little bit how you have some similarities in that area with winona uh what other things do you think you have in common with the character mm, i think i uh i'm i'm i have a potty mouth <laughs> I've, um, I've tried to say a lot i've really tried to push and <laughs> see what i could get away with on the show Well, you're allowed to say anything you want here, so feel free. (laughs) I really tried to say cunt on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I really tried to get it in there. Well, they have have all the other words that kind of go along. I know, like, Joss Whedon snuck a a reference in the Avengers movie like that. Oh, it's it's just such a satisfying word to say, and I think Wynonna would say it. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we we both have horrible potty mouths, um, and... uh, Neither of us are on a gluten-free diet, shall we say. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm quite, I use humor as a defense. So I think um, Emily always says, like, a lot of people wouldn't be able to pull off those jokes, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. But I think um, I, that just, I come by it honestly, because I, I, um, I make jokes when I'm nervous or when I'm uncomfortable or when I'm on the defensive. So we have, we definitely have that in common. And I think I'm um, pretty a lot tougher than I think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still quite vulnerable. I think we both have that. 
Speaking of the the toughness aspect, what kind of preparation goes into the role like this? Like, did you have to do certain uh, fight training or I'm sure you hit the gun range at some point? Yeah, we we did the gun range. We did. Um, I had to take uh, get my motorcycle license, which was amazing. Um, and before I started working with Steve McMichael, our uh, spin coordinator, I I had to train in Toronto with that. Um, a stunt coordinator here who was uh, the scariest man I've ever met, but um, <laughs> he uh, tried to kill me like four days a week. Really? Um, yeah. Oh my God. Are there any particular scares that stick with you from that training? Scares? Yeah. Like maybe a, a certain stunt that he wanted you to do that uh, was very frightening for you. Um, I just, anything with knives. I was like, what if I do it wrong and you die? Um, yeah. Or, like, uh, there was one where he, uh, he was trying to teach me a sequence where I pretend to throw him through a wall, but I hadn't quite mastered, like, TV fighting is very different than real life fighting. Mm. But I hadn't quite mastered the TV part where it's all fake, and I, like, threw him through a wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, yeah, that, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where, like, he was a big guy, and I managed to do that, which was both very impressive, but also, like, if I'm fighting somebody who's an actor who's not like as tough and strong as he is, I, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone. So that, sure. that freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in preparation, the, uh, the base of Winona Earp comes from the IDW comic series. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that something you looked into maybe in preparation for the role, maybe after, or maybe steered away from entirely because you just wanted to have your own take? Yeah, well, I I didn't um yeah, I definitely didn't look at it to prepare too much. I uh the only thing I sort of took was obviously that the quippiness. Um but I think for even the comic book Winona, the original, like the quips came from a different place. Like she was a lot more self-assured mm. whereas my quips, like you said, are more from the defensive, right? So I really didn't take much from it because they had said like they wanted to go completely they were going a, a different way with it and it was just going to be a lot more grounded in reality so yeah yeah i didn't want to taint it too much that makes sense well yeah you want to bring your own part to it because the role you got chosen for a reason so there's something you bring to it that no one else could yeah and i didn't want to start like acting like a superhero and you know um which i probably would have done had i read too much i've started reading i started reading them afterwards just for fun but okay has that has that shifted your performance at all no because i by then i had already pretty much figured out you know where she was and what the differences were sure sure um the the shooting conditions where you are look really hot and kind of balmy but i know looks can be deceiving when you're watching something through a screen versus actually being there what is it like on set Oh my God, it's hilarious uh, that you said that because I guess you didn't get to the, <laughs> I think probably the next episode you'll watch is yeah. like a completely different environment because oh. it literally went from um, like quite warm and summery to almost overnight we had like five feet of snow and it was minus 30. Oh my God. Celsius. So it was, it was, we were totally unprepared for it. Um, Calgary is very it has quite extreme weather. And so, um, and a lot of people notice it when they watch it, like, I thought it was like summer in the last episode. I'm like, I know. So yeah. I. Um, 
So it's it Calgary is just a stunning place, but the weather is totally unpredictable. And once it got cold, it got it got blistering. And and we were that was the scariest part. Was like, is somebody gonna lose a limb while we shoot? Because we are not, um, we are not prepared. Like one crew guy had shorts on and was walking around in three feet of snow. Oh wow! Trying to get ready, and, and so yeah. So the leather jacket certainly comes in handy in those nighttime shoots. No, because it gets, I don't know how it works, but uh, take my word for it. Just don't, just get a parka. Like the leather makes you, the leather gets cold and then you get cold and then it's just. Oh, so it's actually the opposite. See, because I think that would be the, the source of insulation for you, but apparently not. No, definitely not. Damn. Well, uh, one of the things on the show that I really like, and I think it's uh, an important shift, even though some other networks seem to be going against it, is uh, the fact that you have not only a female-led show, but you have so many strong female characters within it. I think there's, like, just looking at the base cast, you may even have more females than males, but also, as you mentioned earlier, it doesn't really matter on the gender for so many of them because it can go either way. Is that something that was important to you about this project? Um, like, honestly, I didn't even, it sounds terrible, um, but I didn't, it's not something I was conscious of, mm-hmm. like, and I only noticed it once we aired and people started commenting on it. But I think to all of us, I'm sure Emily would have something different to say. I mean, Emily, our, our creator, I think would probably say, no, I, it was intentional and, and you know, mm-hmm. but, but it, it wasn't a thing. Like we just all played our characters and they just have a lot of them happened to be women, but it was never like commented on or n- nobody blinked, you know, like it was just, of course, of course, clued, uh, the stone, witch is a woman, of course, uh, you know, Lucado, like uh, dolls is higher up is a woman. I don't know. Like we, and there's no, it was nice. There was no commenting on it. So it, it just sort of, it wasn't like this big um, statement that we tr- tried to make. It was just, it was what it was. And and I think it was, it flowed very naturally because we didn't comment on it or sure. work it out. Well, yeah, I mean, the, that kind of attitude that you took where you didn't even really notice it, I feel like that is the way that it should be. Like nobody should be necessarily pushing one gender higher than another or one or pushing diversity or pulling back from it. It should just be, these are the best people. It makes sense to do it this way. And it just feels right. Yeah. And I think, um, our, I do have to say like our producers are quite fearless in taking sort of chances and going like, um, uh, it's a sister relationship. Like, mm-hmm. like who would have thought? Like, that ended up being a huge draw. But like, who would have thought? So they could have easily just been like, no, that's I don't know, that's hokey. Let's not do that. And but they were just like, yeah, just do it and let's see what happens. And and same with just just they they're very fearless. So I think um, a lot of the things that work are because they just sort of went, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's go. Yeah. Well, aside from something like Charmed, I can't think of like an action slash sci-fi type show where the sister dynamic is at such a forefront mm-hmm. and again like i'm not even sure we meant to do that it just happened to be like if you had if the, if like if all you had at the end of all this craziness was one family member and she was your sister how would that unfold like it wasn't like 
oh, let's try to make a, a sister thing. It was just, that happened to be all I have left. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think Emily, it was her intention to make a sister thing, but for us on side, it just, it, of course, that was going to be the dynamic. Let's, she's all Winona has, and let's see where that goes after all of this trauma happens and how complicated their relationship gets and sure, sure. how they can rely on each other. I don't know. It was just, it was really beautifully done, I think. You have a lot of uh, special effects within the show, too. Um, Not overdone, either. It's a nice kind of Western tone, obviously, with uh, the the sci-fi supernatural kind of sprinkled in. Uh, I'm curious what it is to be like on set and dealing with what you have to look at versus the final result that you see. Like, how is it acting against maybe a a green screen or a backdrop or a prop? Uh, Uh, certain times you sort of got used to it. Like with the revenants, um, I had no idea their eyes were going to turn red. Like I just, I got used to just seeing them do this goofy dance and (laughs) and they were going to superimpose the special effects over and you know, there you go. Um, so it just became part of the culture of what we were doing. And so that when I watch it, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, this is totally different than when we were shooting. Like, (laughs) of course it is, but I don't know. You just get used to it. But there was one, like in the finale, there's, um, uh, quite a, a a dramatic, uh, and it was, I can't, I don't want to say too much, but anyway, yeah, it's a yeah. dramatic <laughs> event that happens <laughs> sure, sure. and I have to completely react to, um, I'm pretty sure it was a tennis ball. Like it was just something <laughs> so stupid and like dumb and, and, and I was in a studio, like I wasn't even on the location. It was all in green oh, screen. Wow. And it was like very dramatic. That was the hardest one because you just sort of go, oh man, if I don't pull this off, like there's nothing to save me. Like I'm just, it's so, you're so vulnerable in those moments because if you can't um, be believable, then then it's going to look stupid. Yeah. So that, that was intense. Is that much more challenging than having someone to play off of? Oh my God, yeah. If you have somebody to lock eyes with, you can you can connect to feelings. You can like, I can look at someone and be like, Oh, you know, read something in their eyes. And then all the feelings will come hopefully, but it's way easier than if you're looking at a furry tennis ball. And I'm like, I wonder how many people have played tennis with that ball. Like it's not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's not putting your head in the right space, but yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't be able to picture anything except when a tennis ball split and it became like a Pac-Man looking face. Like I would just, Oh, that's the word. Sometimes we have those. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah. So here on the show, uh, The Geek Generation, we believe that a geek isn't necessarily about what you like, but the obsessive way that you kind of like it. So I'm very curious what kind of things that you would say that you geek out about. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if this is a good answer, but I, I'm like, I'm a comedy nerd. Like I... Are you really? Okay. That is great to hear because I used to do stand up for a little while. No! I did. I did for about a year around Boston. Um, And I wish I could do it more. But I just haven't had the full time. But it's uh, it's quite an experience. Boston, that's a great comedy town. It is. It is. A There's a lot of great people here. Yeah. H- have you tried? Fuck no. No. <laughs> Why not? Because uh, I had rather rip out my eyes with a dull fork. <laughs> it just seems like first of all, it's just too much work, like to um, to come up with the material and then and then to have to to have to perform it every time. It's like the same material for who knows how long. And then what if you never write, 
more material? I don't know. It just seems so stressful. It is. It is very stressful. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like it takes a certain kind of brain to write jokes. I can write a story, but writing jokes is completely. So, yeah, I would say I, I totally geek out about comedy. Yeah. Do you have any uh, big people that you're fans of? Um, I, Like right now, I, I'm really obsessed with Gary Goldman, who I think is from Boston, actually. He is. And uh, oddly enough, you, you know, that whole like celebrity uh, doppelganger thing that was going around a while back. Yeah. Uh, Gary Goldman is my celebrity doppelganger. I, no! look, I look way too much like him, except for the fact that he's way taller than me. Oh, that's amazing. How tall is he? Uh, he's he's like six, three, something like that. He's a tall guy and I'm like five, wow. eight. So, um. Yeah, you can't tell on my YouTube. So <laughs> never seen him live, so I don't know. But um, but yeah, I, I love him for some reason. He's he's fantastic. I do too. I know a lot of people who know him, so I've heard some stories here and there. But uh, yeah, he's great. Oh my god, you have to email me all of them. <laughs> I, I will do that immediately. Um, okay. Do you then, because of your interest in comedy, do you want to pursue uh, more comedic acting as well beyond uh, what you're doing? I know you have. Uh, a long history behind you as well. But uh, is that something you would like to do moving forward? Um, it's funny. I'm doing a show right now or I'm starting in a week called uh, Letter Kenny, which is like the most absurd comedy. It's sort of anyway. So it, it's, it's so it's such a comedy. Like it's, it's, there's no drama about it, um, which I love. And I think there's something so, it's a nice breath of fresh air, but like to do it too often, I think I, well, you know what I like better is to just put comedy into dramatic roles. Mm. I love when you get to do that. That's what, that is what I love about Winona too. Is like, it's the nice balance of like, there's some dramatic stuff that happens and I have to use my acting chops, but I can also be funny. Yeah. And again, it's that thing where it's like, do you know anybody who's only not funny or only always funny? Like you're, you know, like some of the funniest people I know are also the most depressed. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, um, I love when you can marry the two. Yeah. And I think comedy works best when it is, uh, not necessarily when you're not framing it in comedy. Like if you have a, a plot line that's moving forward and the, the characters don't know they're in a comedy basically. Well said. Exactly. Yeah, they're just sort of like it's it's funny because of the maybe the situation or whatever. But but when you play it completely with sincerity and with that, you know, like like, no, this is actually happening. And I fucked an ostrich and it was weird and like whatever. <laughs> um, the letter getting reference. But um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, now I have to watch. <laughs> you sort of do. It's amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. It's even funnier when it's not when you're not trying to be funny. Yeah, uh, I think we're about hitting our time, unfortunately, which is a bummer because I feel like we're just starting to get into our groove here. But uh, we'll do another one. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that. People should watch Winona Earp every Friday night, 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi. Uh, I've seen most of the current season and I'm enjoying it very much. I can say that for sure. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Uh, is there anything we can plug for you? Social media, any places you would like fans to follow you? Oh, um, I guess. Twitter, right? Is that a good thing? Twitter. Twitter's we'll a good Twitter. thing. Yeah. Or Instagram, but I, I don't know. I'm a failure at Instagram. <laughs> oh, Instagram's my favorite. That's the best. Oh, shoot. Everyone's so oh, nice over there. It's weird. I'll get better. I'll get better. I'll just start pushing more stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time.
You too, and uh, good luck with your stand-up. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks again to Melanie for joining us on the show this week. To see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can watch live podcasts and gaming at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back real soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then later. Make it so.